I don't believe that money was the motive. I'm leaning more towards revenge. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Last week provided a lot of valuable insight into the heart and mind of Agnes Courtney. The portion of her Dear Lord prayer journal that we covered so far spanned from May 2001 through a tragic day in all of our lives, September 11th, 2001. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off. Agnes was right back into her journal on September 12th, and she made her final entry on the morning before she was murdered. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the four months leading up to the 9-11 terror attacks, we learned a lot about Agnes' relationships with her daughters and her husband. It's important to note that through this journal, we are only hearing one side of these stories. What we can gain from these entries is a look inside the mind of Agnes through her own perceptions. And even though this study is one-sided, it's serving to accomplish something that this case desperately needs. A closer look at victimology. We need to know what Agnes was thinking. How did she view the world and the conflicts around her? Are there any clues tucked away in these pages that might be foreshadowing any future conflicts? What we've seen so far is that Agnes is heartbroken over both of her daughters and both of her granddaughters, but for different reasons. While Brenda seems to have estranged herself and Sarah from the family, the concerns about Deb were very different. Agnes stated in her journal that Deborah is doing all she is capable of doing to be there for her and Smitty. Her concerns for Deb stem from her being seemingly incapable of taking care of herself and her daughter. We glean from the text that Deb spent some time in a mental hospital, and Agnes fears that Paul is getting fed up with her. She even goes so far as to say that she's willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that Deb is able to raise Angela. We've also heard what seems to be, at least through Agnes's eyes, a stark difference in personality between herself and Lloyd. While Agnes could be described as a bit of a meddler, Lloyd appears to be the yen to her yang. According to Agnes, he avoids conflict, especially when it comes to family. This is important information for us to have, because if Agnes's perception of Smitty is accurate, then it seems extremely unlikely for the attacks to have been triggered by him doing or saying something to Deborah that may have set her off or to Brenda, or Billy Ray for that matter. Factor that in with the fact that Agnes was seemingly sleeping when the attacks began, and the fact that regardless of who wrote it, the murder note was typed prior to the murders, and were left with an extremely nefarious set of circumstances. Whoever murdered Agnes and Lloyd went to their house on November 2nd, 2001, with one thing on their mind, an attack on the Courtney's. 
Now, let's dive back into Agnes's prayer journal. We're picking back up on the day after the 9-11 attacks. September 12th, 2001. Dear Lord, my chest feels like someone has stepped on it. I cannot breathe without difficulty. All day news of the terrorist attack has been on all TV channels. The horror of this is so vast and has destroyed many people and their families, but also property, security, and a way of life. Only you can put a stop to this completely. You can destroy the enemy or give godly men the power and strength to do so. President Bush has the support of the Senate and the Congress, and they will come up with the answer to this. We all have services on alert and the support of our allies. We will seek out and destroy this enemy. Today, I talked to many family members and friends. They have all had a wake-up call, as none of us ever thought it would happen here. We are so trusting of foreign people and open our doors to all, yet even one of our own destroys the property and lives in Oklahoma City. What teaching were these people given that they are so evil and want to destroy rather than build? My heart aches for the firemen, policemen, medical people, and volunteers who have tried to save as many people as possible. They may never recover from this terrible tragedy. Children, wives, husbands, and relatives all will not be able to replace what they have lost. Help us, O Lord, to trust that you will help us in our pursuit of this group of ungodly men. Your humble servant, Agnes. September 20th, 2001. Dear Lord, last night I went to the vocal majority benefit for the American Red Cross and the New York Disaster Relief. Karen Parisi, Barbara Holland, and Sandy Everts also went. It was out of this world. 126 men sang patriotic songs and some religious songs. The orchestra that played right after the opening did songs from the World War II era. It was so uplifting, but some of it made me cry, and I could not stop. In the middle of the night, I woke up crying. I am so burdened by all that has happened, plus how Brenda has done, Sarah, Smitty's health, and Deborah's ongoing redacted. Relieve me, Lord, from the burden, as I cannot help anyone feeling so listless. For a week, I have not had any energy at all. It has been an effort just to get up, eat, and do some errands. Lord, there is Candy Green in the chorus that needs your help as she is having redacted problems. Redacted. Redacted. And possibly family problems. Lord, she has such a talent and could share it with others, but not while she is like this. Surround her with your angels and protect her from evil that dwells. Help Deborah to get good doctors and get her well so she can raise Angela. Thank you for that little girl as she has such insight into things as if she knew what was to be. Protect all of my family and give me the strength and know-how to do a better job of being a mother, wife, sister, aunt, and friend. Your loving servant, Agnes. September 26th, 2001. Josie and I went to see Vanita. I took her a bouquet and six mum plants to put in her yard. I told her I'd have Billy Ray plant them for her. I took Josie to get a hamburger and then I took her home. I came home and finished the laundry and put it up. Cleaned up the kitchen and bathrooms. The medicine that Dr. Tremblay prescribed for me Monday has caused me to be really tired. I cannot do what I have been doing. Please, Lord, help me as I cannot help myself. Your loving servant, Agnes. September 27th, 2001. I called Byron to tell him that I was delivering their evening meal to them. I had called Wednesday to see what Norma could and could not eat with her allergies. She was coming home from... Redacted. After two... Redacted surgeries. I bought a chicken from Boston Market, cooked an apple pie, corn on the cob, green beans, a gratin potatoes, and green salad. I was on my way to deliver this food to the Millers when I had a wreck with a 16-year-old black girl as she was going to work. 
She stated that her insurance would pay her damage, and she left the scene after 15 minutes stating, I'll be late to work. I stayed about 35 minutes and then left because the police still had not come, and I was red as a beet after getting sick at my stomach. That night, my face had swollen and started breaking out. I put some of Smitty's medicine on it. This girl gave me an insurance carrier, which I called, and they stated she did not have insurance on her Cadillac and that only her mother had insurance on her own car. They stated that she had been inquiring about insurance on her daughter's car. How can a car get a license if they don't have insurance? Someone owns that car and should have liability insurance on it, but who? I was shook up and got immediately very tired. I just did nothing, as I was so tired. I read and watched TV, straightened up a few things, bathed, and went to bed. I did call Mary Jane Rumfield to call and tell members of the Sturt class what I had done for Norma. Help me, Father, as I seem to go from bad to worst. Your loving servant, Agnes. September 30th, 2001. Dear Lord, I did not go to church today because I felt really bad and knew it would be hard for me to keep my eyes open. Smitty went to church and Sunday school. He collected money for Norma Miller's meal that I fixed and delivered to Byron on Thursday. I got up, fixed some toast and coffee, dressed, and then went back to bed. Smitty came home and I told him to call Deborah and see if he could take them out to eat. Later, Deborah and Angela came over and they went to the Olive Garden. I stayed home because I wasn't feeling well at all. They came home and we chatted a while. Then Deborah and Angela returned home as Angela was anxious to play. Deborah wanted to get home in anticipation of Paul's return from work as he was working near Dallas. Later, Smitty and I ate the pizza he had left over from lunch, watched TV, I bathed, and then we went to bed. I got up in the night as I could not sleep. I read for a while and then returned to bed. Lord help us as we both are having a hard time dealing with Brenda and her separation from us in our hour of great need. We have always been there when she needed help, but she has never been there for us during illness, surgery, death, and you name it. I just don't know what to do as my heart and my soul is broken. Help me to find the answer. Love, your servant, Agnes. October 1st, 2001. Dear Lord, I am so weary today as I did not sleep well last night. I thought of Brenda, Deborah, Angela, and Sarah. I got up around 8.30, which is late for me. Smitty had cooked oatmeal for me, and I made toast. He went to the Kroger's grocery store to get his change counted. Then he went to Winn-Dixie's to get me Dr. Pepper's. I dressed, ate, read the paper, read part of a book, and fixed Smitty's lunch. Later, I went to the post office to mail some bills to Office Depot to get the cartridge for his printer, then to State Farm Insurance Claim Office. The estimate of damage was under 500 and they said I had a $500 deductible. Therefore, if the girl who ran into me doesn't pay, then I will have to do it myself. Everyone there was very nice. I then went to the grocery store to get cookies for the revival at church today and Tuesday. I knew I did not feel like going today, and tomorrow was very busy with massage therapy and the chorus. I took the cookies to the church and ran into the choir director. I asked him how I made the checkout for the flowers I gave him in memory of babe, mom, and dad. I also had a light conversation with the director of the school there. I came home, made soup, ate, and watched TV. I asked Smitty today about going to see Brenda, and he said, Friday is not a good day. I think he is trying to avoid the issue. I did pin him down about the sex offenders in Deborah's area. He took the information like he was going to do something about it. I called, and it seemed no one wants to take responsibility for who does what. Leanne had told me the records were open to the public, but where are they? Your loving servant... October 7th, 2001. Dear Lord, today the United States bombed Afghanistan 
to try and destroy the terrorists, especially Osama bin Laden, the ringleader. Britain is joining them, and other countries have stated that they are ready to join the group such as Germany, Canada, and others. Will we have terrorists to come into our area again? Lord, protect the children and their parents from this tragedy. I am an old woman by most standards, and if I died, little would change, but a child could change history. Today, the Lone Star Chorus did a benefit to raise money for the Red Cross. We started with the Star-Spangled Banner. Other acts of patriotic songs, music, and acts followed it. Smitty went to deliver Deborah, Paul, and Angela's clothes. There was a lot, and a lot to iron as yet. Brenda has not called nor made any contact at all since I sent the flower other than about five minutes. When she called, I was getting ready to leave for chorus, and I told her they were waiting on me. She said she would call back, but she hasn't. She hasn't given me a graduation picture of Sarah either. She is so spiteful at times. She keeps bringing up the letter I wrote Sarah last summer. She knows what I said in the letter was true about she and Aaron messing up their lives. She does not want us to say anything to Sarah, or her, about it being any of her fault. Sarah was going to run away with a young boy, and I wanted to stop her if I could with the letter. Brenda said Sarah cried, which was not a bad thing. I did not tell her anything that was not the truth. She later started dating a boy that was probably more personal with her. She allowed him to take her to the parlor and get her navel pierced. A strange man did the piercing. Where was Aaron or Brenda when she was dating this young man whose morals were not good? Was it because he was a football player and popular? Well, Sarah's friend took him away from her and Sarah threw a fit, but she could have seen it coming if her mother and dad had made her aware. They are both too busy with their own lives to see what Sarah needs, and that is to have God active in her life. I am afraid of what Sarah will accept and endorse at college as she is so open to anything that may draw attention to her. Lord, protect my loved ones. Keep them safe, well, and happy, and make them come to you so your angels will hover over them during all of the devil's work. Forgive me of my sins, as they are many. Help me to reach the level you have for me to do so. Love your servant, Agnes. October 13th. 2001. Dear Lord, we got up and went to breakfast. We came home and messed around until Billy Ray came. I went to the cleaners and the post office. I then went to Foley's and bought Brenda a pair of pearls for her birthday. I also bought a miniature rose plant with bows and a windblower toy in red, white, and blue to take to Cookie Weisenhart. I also took her a book from Smitty and I. I went to Redacted to see her as she had Redacted. She received me with open arms and talked and talked. She said she had so many things in common, such as writing Dear Lord letters. I knew when I met her that we had a bond, but I did not know what it was at the time. I talked to her about church, the Sunday school, my children, and grandchildren, and she did the same. She knows the pain I suffer over Deborah and Brenda. She said she prayed for me every day as well as Deborah. I came home and paid Billy Ray for trimming the rest of the hedge. I then took a nap as I was sick. Smitty made potato soup for me. I got up ate soup, wrote an email to Sarah, and straightened up a bit. Pauline called from California, and I was so happy to hear her voice as I was really down in spirit. She had an elastic brace on her knee and ankle, she said. I bathed and then went to bed and had a restless night and got up several times. Lord, are you calling me for some mission that I do not understand? Your loving servant, Agnes. This next entry is missing the date and the first half. It seems as though the first page is missing from the file but this is where it picks up. People over and over in numerous ways. We deserve more respect than that. Angela and her friend came out of the bedroom and hugged both of us. Deborah did hug us by, but Paul said nothing. Brenda said very little about the pearls we gave her and nothing about the flowers we had sent. I am not going to go all out and do anything for her again, as she doesn't appreciate it at all. You talk about strokes? 
Just how many has she given us over these years? I bet whatever James' parents did for her birthday, she drooled over, and that angers me a lot. Forgive me, Father, as I have sinned again, and I am trying very hard not to let the devil enter my mind and heart. He is always there, and he knows how to get to me, is through my children and grandchildren. Are we losing our children? Lord, help me to survive this test. Your loving servant, Agnes. October 31st, 2001. Dear Lord, the last week has been a real trip. I have tried to stay excessively busy so as not to dwell on what the problem is in my heart. Billy Ray has been a real pill and has not lived up to what he said he would do with the painting of the metal buildings in back. He was asked to call his uncle and discuss the painting with him, and he hasn't done that. He has also not called about the tickets for the performance Saturday, November 3rd, at the Scott Theater. Yet he ordered four tickets. I paid for Josie, Benita, and Jack's tickets for part of their Christmas. But I refused to pay for Billy Ray's tickets and his friend's tickets. I paid for an ad for Billy Ray, and that is enough. Then Deborah called, and we went out to breakfast last Wednesday before she went to Margaret Sumney's office. She wanted to clean house, and I told her it wasn't dirty and that I had cleaned it. She watched TV while I was at the beauty shop. Maybe it was because of the letter I wrote she and Brenda. She got hers, but Brenda has not gotten hers. I intend to take Brenda hers and read it to her while Smitty is with me. Then today, while I was at the beauty shop, she took her dad out to breakfast and then went to her new... Redacted. At 12 o'clock. She played on the computer before she went and seemed to be rather happy and even laughed, which I have not heard in a long time. She always seems so sad. Brenda has not called. Therefore, I guess she wants nothing to do with us at this time. I plan to encounter her next week with Smitty in attendance. She seems angry in more ways than one and is taking it out on us. We have always been there for her and now we need her and she is not there for us. If it isn't her way, it is wrong and that is the way she is acting. Help us, Lord, as I do not know what to do anymore. She wants to be a close-knit family and does nothing to make it that way. When Brenda was married to Jeff, we were so close. It could have been because she did not get along with Jeff's parents. I really don't know, Lord, but I am so troubled about this and my heart aches. Take this burden from me, Lord, as I cannot deal with it anymore. Sarah makes it sound like she has to hide things from her mother when it concerns us, and that is not true, and I told her so. I also told Brenda I would not lie to Sarah regardless. I have been good to both of them without expecting anything back but respect and love. Is that too much to expect? You know all. Therefore, I am giving you this burden, and I cannot hold it anymore. Your loving servant, Agnes. This next entry is the very last that Agnes ever made. These are her thoughts and wishes, 24 hours before her life was taken from her so brutally. November 1st. 2001. Dear Lord, I got up early so I may go to Deborah's and help her clean. She called and said she was going to her redacted and that she had started a wash. She seems to want to do things herself or does not want me to see how messy the house is. She started to a new redacted yesterday and seems to like her. She said she is younger and has only been a redacted 10 years. She said she acted like someone who deals with younger people a lot. As to her phrasing, do you understand where I'm coming from? Also, while using other phrasing, Lord give this redacted the knowledge to help Deborah get redacted. This has been so hard on the family as Dr. Raj has been so busy overbooking patients, getting insurance claims, and redacted that she was making Deborah more redacted every day. I pray that this new redacted does not start redacted Deborah and this makes her redacted, redacted, and redacted to say the least. She needs to be able to raise Angela and be a companion to Paul. 
I just don't understand Paul lately. He acts like he too is separating himself from us. He used to call and come by occasionally. And now when I talk to him, he seems indifferent in a way. Lord, what have I done to make my children so detached from me? This has caused me great stress. Lord, help me as I cannot help myself. Your loving servant, Agnes. After Becky's recording session, I found the first half of the entry that was missing in her reading. The files were stored in two places within the case file. One is a PDF containing all of the letters as one document. In the other location, a subfolder, each page was saved as its own PDF. It was in that subfolder that I found the October 14th entry. Unfortunately, my wife isn't home as I record this, so you're going to have to put up with me reading the letter instead of Becky's sweet voice. This is the entry that was missing from the original reading, including the second page that was already read by Becky. October 14th, 2001. Dear Lord, All week I have prayed for this day. Today came, and my sorrow is such that I ache all over. I awoke to a heavy chest, coughing and aching. The real ache is in my heart. We went to Brenda's to take her out to eat for her birthday. She told us of the boots James bought her and showed us the engagement ring James gave her. She said they planned to get married in a year. Lord, this is hard for me to understand as they have been living together for some time. It is hard for me as I was raised in your church and taught that joining of a man and a woman was blessed by you. Sex was made for marriage. It breaks my heart to see James and Brenda living together. Deborah tells me this is the way it is. I cannot in my heart accept it, as it is wrong. They both know how I feel, and it just seems that this is okay in today's society. When Brenda showed us the ring, her dad said, When are you going to get married? James piped up and said, In about a year. They were going to go to Europe for their honeymoon. Lord, how can a marriage be blessed after it was disgraced before the ceremony? I will make an enemy of Brenda, as her way is the only way. When I gave her the pearls we had bought for her, she just said, thank you. Not, oh, they're beautiful, or anything I expected for her to say. I was really hurt, as I had selected them with care, and they cost a lot of money. When I saw Sarah's graduation picture, I asked, where's our copy? A cold silence, and then... I will have to go through the pictures. I now know how Vanita felt when she had no pictures or contact with Sarah. Is this the way Brenda is punishing especially me since I told her how I felt? Do I isolate myself from them and let them take charge of what will happen? They were not like this until James came into the picture full force. He stated that he and Brenda had been involved five years, which would have made Sarah 13. When did Brenda and Jeff divorce? Deborah also seemed rather cold today, and I tried to pretend I was asleep rather than talk to her any more than I had to. When we arrived at their house after eating out, Paul didn't even get off the couch to greet us or have much to say to us at all. Yet we have helped both of these, in this last part is the part we already heard, yet we have helped both of these people over and over and over in in numerous ways. We deserve more respect than that. Angela and her friend came out of the bedroom and hugged both of us. Deborah did hug us by, but Paul said nothing. Brenda said very little about the pearls we gave her and nothing about the flowers we had sent. I am not going to go all out and do anything for her again, as she doesn't appreciate it at all. You talk about strokes? Just how many has she given us over these years? I bet whatever James' parents did for her birthday, she drooled over, and that angers me a lot. Forgive me, Father, as I have sinned again, and I am trying very hard not to let the devil enter my mind and heart. He is always there, and he knows how to get to me, is through my children and grandchildren. Are we losing our children? 
Lord, help me to survive this test. Your loving servant, Agnes. After reading all these journal entries, there is something glaringly missing from our big picture. A motive for Deb to kill her parents. Through these pages, we found that Agnes wants nothing but the best for Deb. And Lloyd, well, he's staying out of the drama. We do not see any indication that Agnes had any intention of cutting Deb off financially. In fact, the opposite is true. She expressed clearly that she would do whatever it takes and spend any amount of money to make sure that Deb was able to raise Angela. But on the contrary, it seems that Agnes has had enough of Brenda's estrangement. She says on multiple occasions that she is done doing things for Brenda. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Brenda should be a suspect. What I'm saying is that if we're looking at victimology and comparing that with risk factors associated with those in the Courtney's inner circle, Brenda actually stands out more than Deborah does. I've heard from family members, and I mentioned this before, that the Courtney's were intending to cut Brenda out of their will. And there's nothing to indicate that Deb was at any risk of being cut off. What else have we learned through this process? We've learned through these entries that just two days before the murders, Deb began seeing a new psychiatrist, and she liked her. We learned that the letter titled Open Letter to Daughters was delivered to Deborah sometime before Halloween, but Agnes was waiting to deliver Brenda's copy until Smitty was with her. According to the journal, Agnes believes that Deborah going out to breakfast with her and offering to clean her house on October 31st may have been a result of Deb reading the letter. I would love to read this letter, but after searching through every document in the police file, it's just not there. All we know is that it was written shortly after Agnes opened Deb's letter to Brenda. And based on the context of the journal entries, I have to imagine Agnes asked her daughters to be more involved in her life in her response. Deb's response seemed to have been to oblige her mother, going out to breakfast with her and offering to help her clean. There are also entries we've read where she went out to breakfast with Lloyd. Agnes in the journal even notes that on this occasion, Deb was laughing during her visit, just two days before the murders which apparently was rare. At the end of the day, our look into the mind of Agnes has not revealed any significant risk factors that would lead me to believe that any family members had motive to kill the Courtney's. If anything, I would have to agree with their nephew, Billy Ray's statement, found in Detective Hardy's handwritten notes. He said that if any family member did this, he suspects that it would have been Brenda. But in all reality, the closer I look at this case, the less inclined I am to theorize that any family member had anything to do with these murders. I don't believe that money was the motive. I'm leaning more towards revenge. And given Lloyd's resistance to conflict, and the fact that the note was typed and printed before the murders, I believe this brutal act of revenge was pre-planned. I won't go so far as to say that the murders were premeditated, but the attacks most certainly were. Within minutes of me stepping out of the booth after recording this episode, I simultaneously received a text from Judge Leanne Dofino and a call from Allison Clayton. With both of them contacting me at the exact same time, I knew what Allison was going to tell me before the words left her lips. Today is Thursday, August 20th, and on this day, Deborah Perringer, sadly, 
has passed away. For those of you that are prayers, please hold up Deborah's family in your prayers today. If you're not, please be sure to hold her up in thought and send all of the well wishes that you can. As far as where we go from here, regarding the podcast, to be honest with you, I don't know. I've literally had just moments to try and process this. The episode was already recorded. So this is all I have for you today. Throughout this week, in the follow-up, we'll discuss where we're going from here. But as for now, I'm signing off. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing and sound engineered by Shane Yoder. All music for the show is created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. All of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kaywood Yomnik, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, and Jen Reese in Candela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes videos of the creation of our Friday follow-up episodes that always include 10 to 30 minutes of pre-show bonus chat. Other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. To become a patron, just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. Lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. And I personally can be found on social media at Bob Ruff Truth, and Mike can be found at Merb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. Don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice.